Welcome to the Enlightened Practice Podcast, brought to you by the Luminello Electronic Medical Record folks. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Braslow and Dr. Carrie Kagan. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Sure. Today, we're going to talk about no-shows and how to think through them from an administrative perspective, but also, and I think more importantly, a clinical perspective. Um, yeah. Got a request recently, a feature request from one of our clinicians to have a way for patients and clients in their appointment reminder emails to confirm that they are coming to the session. Mm-hmm. And I was curious about that. We hadn't gotten that request before. And uh, in thinking it through with the clinician, uh, their concern was that they thought that this would help reduce no-shows. And that's why they requested it. it. And mm-hmm. I, it, it got me thinking that I don't think that there's a technical solution here. Although there are some mm-hmm. things that could be useful technically, but my first thought was the people who are the ones who confirm that they're coming to the appointment are not the ones who you should be worrying about no-showing. And right, right. then what do you do with the people who haven't confirmed? Now you've created a whole nother set of work for you to do when right. the appointment reminders were supposed to do the work for you as it was. So I thought that it would be better for us to have a conversation about what you can do from a workflow perspective and a clinical perspective so that it reduces the need for other kinds of technological interventions, which are not likely to have the intended effect and just create more work in the process. So I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to hear from you. Uh, What's your general approach to handling no-shows? And what do you tell your clients when you're first meeting with them? Yeah, I was going to say the the first place I think to address no-shows is in session number one, when you're going through your policies. And um, I think that all clinicians in private practice or anywhere should have policies uh, for cancellations or no-shows. And um, so I do talk to clients that there's um, a charge and I do charge my full fee if um, they no-show or if they cancel within the window, you know, the, the 48 hour window. Um, and there are, always, you know, I also would explain to a client that there are always exceptions, but I would of course need to hear from them to understand why they know shows. If I came to found out they were in the emergency room, then that I, I would probably forgive that. But the, you know, the first place I address it is just making sure that they um, are informed that there is a fee um, for no shows. And, um, that gets the conversation started around um, uh, how we might handle that. And then we might have more conversations once they actually do no show. Um, but we can, I can tell you about those later. I was curious to hear if you also cover it in your policies or how you cover it. Yeah, I definitely cover it in the policies. And I find it especially important with college kids, uh, but really anybody in the population. Um, it's it's very meaningful because it speaks to how much they value the time. Yeah, And so I can learn a lot about their commitment to our work and if they're ambivalent about it or not in exploring mm-hmm. that with them. I definitely charge for the time. And... 
rarely have I had anyone push back against it. And the, of course, if they're in surgery or they like physically cannot make it and it's um, a, a logistics issue, it's a uh, anything other than it being an emergency, I'm pretty strict about it. Uh, if it's merely logistics and they have a work meeting that came up, I, I feel for them. I use that clinically to discuss with them how stressful their life must be and how chaotic it could be. But I don't forgive the fee because I have plenty of patients who are wanting to get in and I'm happy to get people in last minute if I can, but if you just don't show up, then there's no way that I could get them in. Right. So, so it's, it's a multi-level here. Uh, I'm curious, do you try and schedule somebody? If you are given, let's say half a day's notice, will you try and fill that slot with someone else or how do you approach that? No. Um, day, if someone no shows or, well, obviously not in that case, but if they give a very, very short notice, then no, I would usually fill that time with catching up on notes or reading or something like that. Cause it, it, it often isn't enough time for to inform someone else that a new slot opened. If somehow I knew I had someone who could be available last minute, I might try to fill it. But that's a big reason, like you're saying, to charge the the fee um, because it is really hard to fill that time very last minute or, and of course, impossible to fill the time if they just don't show. Um, I could use the time other ways, but it, I you know, would have planned to use it in those other ways at other times, not during my working hours where um, I save time for paying clients. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How do you use the time? Well, it depends how much notice I'm given. And if I know that somebody is really wanting to get in, I will offer it to them. It's really, it's a win-win if we can pull that off. But if it's a, uh, hey, I just got called into a meeting I can't make today's session, it's obviously not enough time to fill um uh, get somebody else to come in and then it creates a whole new set of work on my end that wasn't there in the first place. Sometimes I will use a a little bit of the time to review their chart and see if there's anything I'm missing. I'm also anticipating that they'll want a refill if it was just a med check. So I'll go ahead and queue up all those refills. So that way when they inevitably request it, at least most of that work is done. So I try and use the time, as much of the time as possible for their benefit, mm-hmm. even if they're not physically present. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it's if it's just too late in the day, it's not going to happen. But I do say you need to give me two business days notice. And that's because mm-hmm. with two business days, uh, that's a reasonable amount of time for me typically to fill the slot. Not always, right. but... But the key is the business days, because if you have a Tuesday appointment, or if you have a Monday appointment and you let me know on Saturday, no, not going to happen. Yeah. Right. And so I'm pretty strict about the, the business days aspect. 
Yeah, that's so, a really good point. So that said, um, I often talk with patients about how much are they having to rearrange their schedule? How much are they no showing for other meaningful things in their life? And so what predictions could they make about our work? And mm -hmm. will they be able, when they commit to appointment, will they be able to follow through? What kind of conversations do you have with your clients about it? Yeah, I think that it's really important to address the no-shows if you get the chance to see them again the following week, um, because uh, I do find that actually they become patterns with certain people. Some people never do it, and some people do it, are frequent offenders, if I can use that word. Um, and so I do think the earlier you can address it, the better. Um, and so I will just, you know, ask, I will... Um, explore it with them in the context of our clinical work. And I guess that depends where we're at in the clinical work. But if it happens at some point that I feel like we have a good relationship and a good understanding of our work together, I might um, try to help them draw connections between how they're approaching our work together and how they might be approaching things in their lives in a similar way, like maybe flaking on friends or something like that. Um, so I do try to help, not in a judgmental way, but really just trying to explore what is the pattern around um, something like not showing up for something and how is that working for them and, you know, give them, a, it really try to use it as an opportunity to enhance our work and goals together. Um, and I think addressing it that way, and of course, in a non-judgmental way, but it also, um, you know, it can help uh, hold clients accountable for the next time, but also maybe help them address an issue that otherwise goes missed for a long time in their lives outside of therapy. Because not many people are going to sit down with them <laughs> and try to help them understand why they missed an appointment. Um, so I think it's an opportunity for them to really slow down and reflect on their behavior for their own benefit for their lives outside of therapy. And then the added bonus is hopefully they also show up to our sessions. Um, and, and I find that most clients are willing to, to do that work with me and feel safe doing it, understanding that I'm not shaming them or judging them for not showing, but genuinely wanting to help them and understanding that as part of a larger pattern. That's, um, that's really well, well put. I, I think in my experience, half the reason, half the time people no show, it's an executive functioning issue. Um, mm -hmm. And I find this really useful data. And so we'll use it as a springboard to talk about mm -hmm. their executive functioning in general. And mm -hmm. other times, I don't think it's an executive functioning issue. And it, there's some psychodynamic issue. My, that's usually my hunch. If I don't think it's an executive functioning issue or just an unfortunate uh, logistics issue. And although sometimes I'll say the psychodynamic issues get disguised as unfortunate logistics issues. And people say, oh, I just got called into a meeting when really they didn't have to go to that meeting. But mm -hmm. either they wanted to avoid the material that they knew we would be processing, or they, let's say, have trouble with being assertive. Uh, 
and mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. didn't know what to say or they were afraid to say it. Other times I wonder if they're avoiding conflict with me or being emotionally authentic with me. And perhaps there's some conflict <laughs> that they are not uh, addressing and maybe that's what happens outside of our work anyway. So I try and give them the opportunity to justify their no-show uh, with any of those and validate it for them that those would be understandable reasons why somebody would not want to be present with those kind of difficult feelings, either with me or with somebody else that they're having to deal mm -hmm. with, like a boss or another right. authority figure. And then I'd say one, one other subcategory would be just, it has nothing to do with me. It's not executive functioning. It's not something with authority figures, but it's their own internal shame. And they got into a fight with their spouse or significant other, or they just are doing really poorly at work and mm -hmm. they don't want to talk about it. And mm -hmm. I can understand that. I don't blame them. And Absolutely. so trying again to use their experience in our work clinically to figure out how to apply that to those other contexts and talk about shame they might be feeling with their supervisor or their spouse and how to be authentic and process that in real time and in a way that's constructive uh, oftentimes it right. hasn't been processed constructively in the past. And so they, they don't know what that looks like or they just yeah. don't want to go there. Yeah. So. Yeah. All I could, I agree on all fronts and I've had experience all those experiences from, yeah, executive, the reasons being related to executive functioning or shame or shame slash avoidance or, um, like, uh, well, I guess that falls, I was going to say poor planning, which can fall under executive functioning. Um, so yeah, all of those reasons there's, I've seen it all. And I, and as uncomfortable and, and frustrating as it can be in the moment, it often does actually really lead to important clinical work. And I actually just wanted to comment on that too, as well. Like it takes some uh, managing of our own emotions as a therapist, um, when a client mm -hmm. knows to, really try to see it from their perspective and not take it personal. Like if they really cared, they would show up or something like that. Cause it can be, especially for people who do it multiple times, it can be frustrating. And of course, every therapist should know their boundaries. And this is why you have your policies, right? Like, so some people might have the policy that they um, won't continue to work with you. If you don't show for a certain number of sessions, it's important to know your boundaries um, and make sure that the client knows them too. Um, but it can be hard in the moment when a client doesn't show to be sitting there, you're all ready to go, you've moved your schedule around and to not feel frustrated yourself. And of course, it's okay to feel frustrated. But I think it's important to know, like, how am I going to manage those emotions that I can productively address this with the client um, without those feelings getting in the way? That's a, that's a great point. And and perhaps at times sharing your own experience uh, with the yeah. patient or the client of what that's like could help them understand what it's like for yeah. their partner or other important people in their life to be no-showed upon. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of utility in the material that's generated by no-shows. 
I'm curious uh, what you think about appointment reminders in that yeah. our lives are busy. It's really nice to get reminders. On the mm-hmm. flip side, if somebody was either unconsciously having to deal with the, these issues or consciously uh, not dealing with them and they get a reminder, if they hadn't gotten the reminder and they, do you think it interferes with any of what we're talking about on a psychodynamic level or a, even a, a cognitive behavioral level that they see the reminder, they go, mm-hmm. oh my God, I forgot. okay, yeah, I'm going to go to the appointment. Now we've lost out on this data that they were likely not going to make the appointment. Now, on the one hand, of course you want them to come to the appointment. (laughs) But on the other hand, you're probably not going to say to them, did you almost no-show today? But the reminder, (laughs) you know, kept you from no-show. So I'm just curious what you think about how reminders, when they are uh, system-generated, affect the therapy or the therapeutic relationship. That's a good question. And to be honest, I hadn't thought of it that way through that lens. I I think that the I would weigh it the way I would approach that, especially if someone's deciding like what is the role of reminders in terms of like understanding this person through in terms of it could it potentially interfere with therapy or interfere with my view like perspective or understanding of this person. I think in my opinion that the benefits probably outweigh the downsides in terms of um, the the main benefit being that it increases the chances of a client showing. And if ultimately what the purpose of a reminder is that as opposed to like, um, uh, you know, I don't necessarily view the reminders or lack thereof as a tool for learning more about the client. Um, The hope is that I can just learn those sides of them in therapy. So I feel like the benefits outweigh the downsides, but it certainly is a downside worth considering, which is you might miss important information. But I will say just in terms of a point reminders that probably almost all types of doctors that I go to do offer that as like a compliment as like a courtesy. And so I do kind of just view it almost like standard practice, like just as a courtesy, a lot of doctors send out reminders and I'm just one of them. Um, and it, you, you know, but I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think every therapist sends out reminders, but I, I do my experience as a patient in other you know, uh, field is that reminders are pretty standard. So I think that's part of what drives me to do it is just kind of the courtesy factor. Do you yeah. send um, reminders? Yes, I think it's a win-win. It's a courtesy for them. They're less likely to no-show for me. And I, my hunch is in other fields, like my dentist, I get 14 reminders before each yeah. appointment. <laughs> they really don't want me to no-show because I think they have a much harder time billing for no-shows. They don't typically address it the way that that we might at the beginning. And so they just, it's just easier not to have to deal with it by having 
the patient come in for the appointment. Yeah. And then it's a moot issue. But I like how you put it in terms of the, the benefits outweighing the downsides. And ultimately, there's plenty of good work to be done in therapy around executive functioning yeah. that usually presents itself anyway. Uh, yeah. Especially with paying bills. That's a whole other podcast. Right. And how to, right. how to have those kinds of conversations. I, I'm curious in terms of executive function, do you ever have your clients write down the appointment while they're in session with you? Or is that not as big of an issue? Yes, I wouldn't start there with a client. But once we start to learn, okay, this is getting tricky for them to remember to come to therapy. Um, then I would make it more of a habit. And I would probably in my this it might just be my style as a therapist, but I'd probably ask them for permission to do that. Um, like, would it be okay if we put this in our calendar at the same time at the end of every session, just to kind of make sure that they're on board and it doesn't feel um, like I'm a teacher or something, because I want it really to come from them. Um, but yeah, I have done that with people. Um, and I will also model that too. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever no show to a session, but I have certainly forgotten things that I said I might send to someone and I will model that for people myself. Like I'm going to put this in my reminders now while we're here, um, to model that this is a strategy that can be really helpful. Um, and so I would definitely help a client do, use that as a strategy as well. Yeah. Do you do that? I, with, with your uh, I do. And I like how you do it in a collaborative way. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll book the, if it's a med check, I'll book the appointment right there with them present and they get an email reminder instantly, but, or an email uh, confirmation instantly. But I'll say, what do you think about actually going ahead and putting this in your calendar right now. And that could be useful yeah. data right there. Uh, I haven't had too much pushback against that. And I'm usually saving that, especially for college students or high school students. I really push yeah. for that. It's such an awkward position if they know show and their parents are paying for the session. And I yeah. will talk with them about that's a terrible dilemma to put them in. I don't say it's mm -hmm. a terrible dilemma for me. I say it's a terrible dilemma yeah. for them because your parents are going to get the bill and that's just how it works. Yeah. And uh, that's the last thing either any, the, any of the three parties want. Yeah. So what can we right. do to, to prevent that? Yeah. It's interesting. I yeah, have like, patients. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I, it's interesting how you said you've never no-showed. I have not no-showed, but I have had patients. I don't know what the converse of it when I'm not scheduled, but they still show up and yeah. are pinging me. <laughs> where Where are you? We have an appointment and it's right. <laughs> maybe a different kind of conversation. And sometimes that's an executive yeah. functioning issue also. Other times it's not though. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know that I've had that experience, but I have forgotten things for sure where I forget, you know, to follow up with a worksheet or something. And, and I think it is important to model. And that's why when it happens with a client that they know show or something, I always try to understand. And I think that's the most important thing. Like try to understand what I still hold firm on my boundary of, you know, enforcing the policy that, that I'll charge for the session if it's not an emergency and all of that. Um, but I really do try to understand because we all do forget things from time to time. Um, and I don't think kind of similar with 
raising kids or something like that, like punishment is often not that effective. So um, I try not to look at it as a punishment. And if they ever experience that way, I do try to talk to them about that, that it's not a punishment, um, getting charged the full fee and really try to create a, a space for exploring and understanding what's that's, behind the, uh, the no show. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're, we're coming up yeah. on time for today's um, yeah. thinking out loud session. Any other closing thoughts, any advice you'd have um, for our colleagues? My final thoughts are, it is inevitable that you will have no shows. So yeah. to prepare in advance for how you mm-hmm. want to deal with them um, and to talk with other clinicians because you're not alone. And and many people have had this experience so you can get some ideas of what works for you in terms of how you want to deal with it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I just add, don't, uh, if, if you feel uncomfortable talking about it with patients, there's might be useful material there uh, for you to process with your colleagues or in your own therapy or wherever uh, you think it'd be useful to process that because running a successful business and being emotionally and therapeutically connected with your patients and clients can be in alignment. It hopefully always is, but also can sometimes feel like there's they're at right angles and you have to be able to tolerate that uh, ambivalence or that um, dissonance in your practice as you go forward. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, Carrie. Who knew there was so much Thank to say about our shows? I know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Good to talk, talk to, you. to you soon. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye. If you like today's podcast and want to hear more, follow us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have a question you'd like to be discussed on a future podcast, send it to enlightenedpractice at luminello.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.